championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com postgame show slash podcast, whatever, whatever you want to get this thing. If you want to see it on YouTube, on Facebook, on Periscope, you're watching it live. Awesome. Welcome in. If you're listening to the podcast version after the fact or watching after the fact, cool. Make sure you do rate, review, and subscribe. I don't even really know quite how to start this show based on what... Based on what we just saw from the Lakers in Phoenix, sort of, I I don't really, I can't even really say the Lakers were in Phoenix. This was definitely a no-show performance. In my mind, that was probably the worst performance of the season for the Lakers. Certainly a low point, uh, losing this game 115-85 to to the Phoenix Suns in Game 5 in a game that was just, frankly, never close. They scored 10 points in the second quarter. I wish I was making that up. 10 points in an entire quarter of basketball the Lakers put up in this one. But if nothing else, we're here together. We will get through this together. Matt Peralta, the optimist, his powers will be tested tonight. But he's joining me for this one. And we are going to try to talk our way through this. We're going to take your questions, your comments. We're going to vent a little bit, probably vent a lot, and, uh, and figure out where things went wrong everywhere basically but we're going to figure out specifically where things went wrong what this means heading into game six can the lakers even come back from this a lot of things to discuss tonight matt i would say how are you doing but we already know the answer to that i don't know what you're talking about trevor i just watched the good portland denver double ot thriller that was a good time i um you know that there was a lakers game tonight i i'm not really sure what we're talking about <laughs> just blocked out that entire what two and a half hours or, or whatever it was that the that the game was on yeah you know look this was this was tough certainly from a lot of different perspectives right from a lot of different angles i said going into this game i said we're going to see one of two things happening either it's going to be a really close game and the Lakers are going to win and like LeBron's going to go nuts and the role players are finally going to step up and all those things are going to happen or it's going to be a blowout for the Suns and in my head I was thinking blowout would be like 15 to 20 points no the the Suns were up by more than 30 for for much of the game and then they finished winning 115 to 85 Uh, so a 30 point win for them yeah, uh, not quite what I was expecting. I thought for sure, I guess before we even dive into the individual players, I thought we were going to see a lot more fire out of the Lakers today because I particularly was not pleased with Phoenix. Heading into this series, I didn't really have any ill will towards the Phoenix Suns. Didn't really have any reason to, right? I mean, the Phoenix Suns, they hate, hate the Lakers. Hate is a strong word, but it's probably not strong enough to describe how the Suns and how Suns fans feel towards the Lakers. Lakers fans are largely indifferent towards the Suns. And heading into this series, I I just figured, you know, all right, it's it's the Suns. You're not going to be too upset with them or anything like that. They just are who they are. But as the series went on, we saw, you know, some dirty plays and things like that. And I thought, okay, well, here's some, some reason to get fired up about the Suns. And then we saw in game four, which the Suns win in Staples, them celebrating a lot in the wake of Anthony Davis's injury. And in some moments, it felt like they were celebrating Davis' injury specifically. And that irked me and that bothered me. And I thought, gosh, I hope we see a fired up Lakers team coming out that really has no quit in them. They play physical. They play like they've got, like they've got something to prove. And we got the opposite of that today. 
And I think that's what disappoints me the most is what the Suns did on their floor last game and to see the Lakers not come out and look for any kind of revenge or payback or whatever you want to call it for that. Uh, I don't even know where to start, man. <laughs> um, I, I tweeted this out during this game. I haven't felt this bad about a Lakers game since either 2011 Game 4 against the Mavs mm-hmm. or Game 6, 2008 against the Celtics, uh, which is, you know, the blowout in, in TD Garden. Yeah. So uh, that just goes to show you how bad this game was. Um, <laughs> you know what's funny? Do you realize that the Lakers actually had a lead? It wasn't a wire-wire finish. For the sides, they had an eight-five lead. They came out. They started out three for three, and I thought, "Oh, look at that! They're fighting. They're scrapping." Yeah. Uh, I hope we get this for the rest of the game. And then the wheels completely fell off. Devin Booker scored eighteen in the first. They're only down eight. I said, "You know, it could have been a lot worse. They could be down by like 10, 12, 15 points after an explosion like that." But then, lo and behold, they come out of the second quarter and frankly just crapped the bed. Just completely rolled over, died, did not punch back, uh, went into halftime down 30, never got much closer after that. I mean, to be fair, they did win the third quarter by a single point. So instead of 30, they went down 29 into the fourth, which is, if you know, again, not super great at math, but that's, you know, they cut into the deficit, (laughs) which is not by a lot. Um, But yeah, it's just... You would think in Game 5, which is a swing game, and they had this stat on the TNT broadcast, 82.5% of teams that win Game 5 when the series is tied 2-2 go on to win the series. So mathematically speaking, the Lakers are very disadvantaged now being down 3-2, heading back to Staples Center for Game 6. And we don't even know if AD will play. KCP had to leave this game because he re-aggravated the left knee, I think. So literally anything that could have gone wrong for the Lakers went wrong. Um... There are not many positives, if any at all, to take from this game. This was just simply a flat-out embarrassing loss and effort from the Los Angeles Lakers. And honestly, tonight is just one of those nights where you're disappointed to be rooting for the team. Uh, But, you know, here, I'll say this. Mm -hmm. Here's the optimist in me. Here's the only thing optimistically I can say about this. Um, Frankly, this is since this is the playoffs, game-to-game, things can change dramatically. So what we were saying should have happened in Game 5 will now have to happen in Game 6 for them to have a shot, or else they're just going to be staying in staying in Los Angeles. There will not be two flights back to Phoenix for Game 7. It will simply just be the Lakers staying at home if they do not come out right for Game 6. Well, let me ask you. Let's and let's and we're going to get into the individual players in just a minute. I've got a lot of people that are making comments, and you can imagine have what the comments are are pertaining to. There's a lot of comments in here uh, saying a lot of different things. Obviously, a lot of negativity, uh, but. Um, if you're in a situation like this where you just got beat that badly, can you recover? Right. Can you recover from that mentally? Because it felt like, and I don't feel like I'm overstepping here, it felt like the Lakers mentally quit. Right? At some point in this game, the sure. Lakers broke and they said, okay, that's that's it. They they waved the white flag um, metaphorically. Right? So what, what are you thinking? Can the Lakers mentally come back from this in game six? I mean, if you had to pick a team to come over to get over a loss like this, I think it would be a veteran mm-hmm. team like the Lakers. Um, you know, if the if the situation was reversed and we saw the Suns take this kind of beating, I don't think they could recover even with Chris Paul. But I, I think the Lakers with a LeBron James led team, Jared Dudley, the other veterans in the locker room, I, I think they'll shake this one off and come out better in Game Six. At least I hope so. But 
I mean, I think what you saw tonight was that they knew heading into Game 5 that they had to play absolutely perfect. They needed to do all the yes. things we outlined in our Lakers Nation spaces earlier, where it was, you know, defend, knock down open shots, run out, you know, do all of those things. And when, when things didn't go their way or when things didn't break their way, they just folded. Um, and I, it's disappointing to see that as a fan. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure the team is disappointed, the coaching staff, everyone involved with the Lakers organization has to be disappointed with tonight's game. But again, what I said earlier still stands. This is a game-to-game thing because it's the playoffs. I think, you know, game six offers, I mean, it's realistically the last opportunity if they don't come out right, well, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean yeah, they don't, that, they that's it. They're, they're done. You know, they're, they're down 3-2. So that's it. This is their last chance. Right. So my whole thing is if, if this was not do or die for them, they have to know that game six is do or die <laughs> or else we're, we're saying one, two, three Cancun early. Are, are they going to flip and... the switch now? I <laughs> man, uh, someone on Twitter had a good point about that. Flipping the switch sounds like such an easy thing, but some teams have it and some teams don't. And honestly, I'm starting to think maybe this Lakers team just doesn't. I think the injuries have taken a real toll on the team, obviously from a physical standpoint, but I think from a mental standpoint too. Every time you feel like you're you're close yeah. to climbing up the hill, you just come crashing back down because it's someone else that gets hurt. And you know that that gets frustrating that's hard to overcome again i think the lakers could do it but even for for this team in particular i think it's going to be tough uh the fairly odd couple from youtube with the super chat said vogel needs a solid rotation he was just throwing anything out there well yeah because nothing was working so he, sure, I don't he was him. just searching for anything anything that would work he would i mean just hey who wants to play go out there somebody who was i mean he, he was searching for anybody who showed up to play and if you're a coach of course, you're going to change things a bunch. You're going to do whatever. You're going to throw things out there. And it might look a little weird, but what, what's, the, what's, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You lose by 30 instead of 25, you know? I mean, you just you have to try something, right? Um, that's the way it goes sometimes. And so, yeah, of course, Vogel's rotation started looking really weird later in the game today because, I mean, he was searching for any kind of a spark. Uh, but look, and I know his rotations have been you know, they've been questionable a little bit for much of the season, but I keep going back to how many injuries this team has suffered, how rare it's been that they've had a real full team out there. It's hard to really lock down any kind of rotation when guys are constantly in and out of the mix. So that's, that's certainly part of the equation as well. Um, You know what? You mentioned the injuries this year. And obviously if this is it, right, if the Lakers are done game six or if they're done in game seven, whatever, we're going to talk a lot about the injuries this season and we're going to talk about the impact they had. We're going to talk about the quick turnaround. We're going to talk about all those sorts of things. Um, 71 days between winning a championship to restarting the season that put the Lakers in a tough spot. I'll say this though. I don't want to hear about any Lakers involved in any of the summer play in terms of team USA stuff, anything like that, that, that should not absolutely 100% if this, and I, I know this is premature, but that should 100% not be acceptable. And that's nothing against Team USA or anything, but if this team was that injured the way they can't perform in the NBA season, in the playoffs, there's no way they should be getting on the court during the offseason. That should be all about trying to get right. Oh, no, 100% agree. I can't imagine anyone would want to play more basketball after this season that they just had. So, I mean... Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, at least it'd be nice to see someone on the Lakers win something this year, maybe. Uh, so, 
Benjamin, and yes, that's a good point, Matt, but Benjamin from YouTube with a super chat is asking about trading Anthony Davis because he's not going to get any oh, healthier. We're not, we're not there yet. We're not there. Yeah, we're not at that point. Uh, Giovanni Larios. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Before, before we move on, what would you realistically trade Anthony Davis for outside of Luka Doncic? If you could trade AD and get back like, I don't know, like let's say you got like Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Lonzo, and a, and a bunch <laughs> of picks. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, that sounds like a good package. I don't know if New Orleans would accept though. He might be offering too little. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna find a trade that works right now for Anthony Davis. They've committed to him. He's committed to them. Uh, Giovanni Larios oh, uh, was asking. Oh shoot! I saw the name and the super chat flew by, and now it's it's gone. I lost it. I'm sorry, Giovanni. Oh, trade AD. I have seen that quite a bit though on the old timeline, and I will tell you right now, guys, I disagree one thousand percent with that idea. Well, I think the the knee jerk reaction when you have a game like this is to just just fix it. Trade everybody. Clearly, everybody is bad. Get rid of the entire team. Burn it all to the ground and, and start fresh. Right. That's that's the knee jerk reaction in a situation like this, and it's understandable, right? When you watch what you just watched, you just go, "Oh, yeah, that's that's not." That's not acceptable. That's not basketball. That's not Lakers basketball. That whole thing needs to be just gone. Wipe that away, right? That's the the reaction, but that's not really the way things work. It's usually small tweaks in the NBA that wind up making a big difference that can make a team go from from not working to working to from a team go from uh you know being a a kind of outside contender to being a contender. It's the the little moves around the edges that can really make a difference. So I wouldn't expect the Lakers to to necessarily burn this whole thing to the ground. I think the team, no matter what happens, is going to look very different next year regardless. But Daniel Dillamora, Trevor, seeing LeBron or AD at the end of the game. Ah, another super chat threw past me. I've got so many people that are firing off messages in here that even the, the super chat messages are flying past and I'm not uh, getting them before they are off my screen. Nope, that's fair. I'm going to have to dive back into some of these. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yes, the roster will probably look very different. You know what's interesting to me, and I and I thought about this mid game was that if the Brooklyn Nets go on to win this year's championship with the three superstars, mm-hmm. I wonder how much that influences the Lakers thinking and chasing another star. I mean, I think they've been they've been chasing a third star from the get go, right? I mean, that was that was always the plan was to have three stars, was to bring in a third star. I mean, they going after Kawhi, going after you know all these different guys they've been looking at. Um, so I would imagine that's, you know, maybe it emboldens them a little bit more, lights a little bit more of a fire there. That's certainly possible, but otherwise I don't know that it's something that they're necessarily going to, I don't know if it's anything new, I guess I should say for them to chase that third star. I don't know. Cause it, it felt like to me, they were pretty content with, you know, I, I guess my my whole thing is when you go back to the Anthony Davis summer, right? They had an opportunity to chase Jimmy Butler because he also hadn't committed. Yeah, but he yet. he was linked to Miami pretty early. I think there was just a sense right. that that's where he was where he was going to go. Um, I've had a lot of people in the chat talk about. Oh, there it is. Could have had Kyle Lowry. Somebody mentioned in the chat. Oh, we were talking about that a little bit on our Lakers Nation group text. That that was definitely a, a topic of conversation. I was very much the minority in favor of Lowry, and man, do I feel so validated today. 
Um, and that is my knee-jerk reaction to tonight, guys. Just like I am a fan, just like everyone else, trust me. Uh, my knee-jerk reaction was, wow, look, uh, Dennis is scoring zero. Here, guys, let's put this in perspective. Dennis Schroeder and Kyle Lowry each scored the same amount of points for the Lakers tonight. Uh, that should go and tell you what kind of night Dennis had. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, about Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> oh, um, man. And let's talk about what we saw out, out of him tonight. Because going in... Going in, I mentioned this on our Twitter spaces. I said, look, Dennis Schroeder, this is his chance, right? This is it. Right here. This is his chance. If he's going to turn down four years, $84 million, that's fine. That's his choice, right? He can do that. And I know we've talked about it a lot. We've talked about whether or not that's a good decision, bad decision, whatever. Um, but if you're going to do that and you believe you're worth more than that, then you have to prove it. You have to show that you're worth more than that. And there have been some moments where he has. There have been some moments where Dennis Schroeder has really shown up and he's looked good and he's scored points into the 20s and he's given the Lakers a boost on defense with his energy, but those have been too few and far between. And I know we did have the the COVID protocols, him having to sit out for two weeks because of that. But how you show up tonight, the most important game of the season, the game everyone is watching, your contract is on the line, Right. We've seen, historically, the playoffs matter more than the regular season by a lot when it comes time for your contract, right? That's that's what's going to get you paid. It's what you do in the playoffs. That's what's going to get teams excited about you. And Dennis Schroeder goes 0 for 9, 0 for 4 from 3, 4 boards, 1 assist, a minus 17 on the night. Hey, he didn't have any turnovers, though. So at least there's that. But 26 minutes, Dennis Schroeder puts up zero points. I think this was probably his worst game of the season. Probably? I mean, I, well, I'm saying there's, I'm sure there was a low scoring and high turnover game in there somewhere where maybe you can make mm. an argument. But to not show up, when I look at all the guys right. who didn't show up in this game, right? Contavious Caldwell Pope, we can say, well, the knee. Right, he's coming off of an injury. KCP 0 for one shooting. He clearly was not 100. percent Right, we can look at that. We can look at a guy like uh, you know Markeith Morris didn't do a lot, but he only played 10 minutes and he wasn't in the rotation prior. Okay, right, that that's going to happen. Andre Drummond 13 boards. At least he did that. Right, Dennis Schroeder was a guy that we said needed to be big today, and completely no showed. That's that's. I think of everybody who underperformed today, he was the the most. If we're going to master lock anybody, I think it's him. If we were to to, to single out one person, I think it's got to be Schroeder. He's the he's the biggest disappointment today. hundred uh, percent agree. And uh, here I, I'm going to hit you with a throwback yeah. real quick. Doesn't this situation almost kind of remind you of the Ramon Sessions trade in 2011 where we traded Derek Fisher and a first round pick for Ramon mm-hmm. Sessions who by the way was a speedy point guard who can change the tempo and pace and handle ball handling aside from Kobe at the time um doesn't it kind of remind you that this is kind of like the upgrade where it doesn't work out for the Lakers and it's just not a good fit and he ends up signing elsewhere the following season doesn't it don't you have some sort of don't you see like the shades yeah. of it yeah i mean it's there to a degree but i mean Schroeder I think it's worse because Schroeder is Schroeder is a lot better than Ramon Sessions, right? Ramon Sessions was like, well, he kind of sort of fits the mold. Like he's that style of guard that you, that you could use. But Schroeder was like, you know, Hey, this dude could be six man of the year. This is a guy who shot 47% from three. He's going to break down defenses with his speed, his quickness. 
Uh, yeah. And and there's been points where he showed it. And that's the thing, really. There's been points where he showed it during the season. The series. In this series, even. But for this game. The Lakers, the Lakers won both games that he was good in. Yeah. And so for him to no-show this game this badly. Like, is Rob Palenka right now pulling that offer off the table? Like, if Dennis, oh if Dennis Schroeder calls up Palenka right now and says, hey, I changed my mind, I, I'll sign, would the Lake, the Lakers would probably say no, right? Well, see, so we said this in the middle of the season. I think around the time when he was extension eligible, I said that I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers were waiting to see what Dennis Schroeder could do in the playoffs before committing the dollar amount that he was asking for. Because we've, we've been referencing the four years, $84 mm-hmm. million offer that was on that was reportedly on yeah. the table. And, he, and, you know, if he had held out longer and signed to the offseason for more, he could have absolutely done that. But see, I think the Lakers in this case were justified in waiting to offer him that amount. Because now you're seeing if the Lakers are still still determined to keep Dennis Schroeder, you have to be thinking as Rob Palenka and the rest of the front office, you can get him for a lot cheaper now. There's just no way you can justify a four-year, $100 million contract for Dennis Schroeder or anything close to that, given what he did tonight. Um, and so, and my other point still stands mm-hmm. too is that do you think a team with cap space is going to give Dennis his number after seeing tonight? No, and that and that's the other side to this, right? I'm glad you went there with that. If you're the Knicks, right, the team that's got all the cap space in the world to go spend, and they need a point guard, right? That's that's the Knicks' big goal this offseason. And Dennis Schroeder, and every point guard out there, not just Schroeder, is using the Knicks as the boogeyman. Saying, hey, you better give me what I want. Otherwise, I'm just going to go sign with the Knicks because they can spend all the money they want. He's got to be at best third on their list now out of the available point guards, right? I mean, I would rather, you would probably rather, if I'm the Knicks, I would rather put a offer sheet on the table for Lonzo Ball, who's restricted, oh, sure. and risk New Orleans matching that than pay Schroeder what he wants based on what we're seeing here in the playoffs. Because if you're the Knicks and you have this grand plan of being a perennial playoff team and you see what Schroeder's done in the playoffs this year, you're saying, man, no thanks. He's not going to be the top of their list anymore. I think that's going to be a factor this offseason. I'm telling you right now, I'm pretty sure Dennis Schroeder has cost himself millions of dollars, and it happened in the span of what up to this point has been five games. So um, depending on how you feel about Dennis long-term, uh, if the Lakers could keep him at a steep mm-hmm. discount at this rate, um, I, I think you'd have to consider it. I mean, again, because the Lakers don't have many options to rebuild this roster, especially if they let Dennis walk. That doesn't The cap, cap space doesn't work like that, where... Yes, the Lakers could have offered him more than some other teams could have, but at the same time, if he were to leave and walk, right. that's that cap space doesn't come back to the Lakers. That 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 amount of money isn't available for them to spend. So um, I think the Lakers might feel like they might not have a choice but to re-sign him, but I do think that they can get him at a steep discount, especially if he's going to play this way for the rest of the series. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they would, like I said, <laughs> Rob Blink is probably hitting the delete button on, on that on that uh, that offer very quickly based on what we what we just saw out of uh, out of Dennis Schroeder. And again, it's not just him. We need to talk a little bit about LeBron. Let's talk about LeBron. Sure. This was a we said coming in. Can thirty six year old LeBron on a bad ankle really turn it up? And we said if he can, what is that going to look like? We talked about him attacking the paint. That he was going to get on the that he was going to get downhill. He was going to be driving to the basket, maybe get some fouls on Aiton, that type of thing. That's what we were looking for for LeBron tonight. He was nine for nineteen shooting, 
not bad, right? 24 points. Six of 10, though, for th- from three. Six of 10. Six of his nine shots that he made were threes. He had three baskets that were not threes. Where's the, where's the attacking the basket? And then LeBron's body language. It felt like he kind of gave up at certain points during this game. He right. tried to get going a little bit there, jacking up some threes in the third quarter. But it really felt like he kind of let down. Once LeBron let down, the whole rest of the team went, oh, okay, that's it. So so this isn't this wasn't a good look, obviously, for Dennis Schroeder, but I thought it also was not a good look for LeBron James based on what we saw out of him in terms of the body language, the attitude, that sort of stuff during this game. Yeah. Um the only thing I can really defend LeBron on is the fact that I think again forcing your way to the paint because there were a few plays where i thought oh he can get to the rim on this um i have never seen phoenix close a paint so hard this series um and so this is this is uh, so again i i'm not going to give him a pass i thought the body language was terrible throughout the night i you know you saw him hang his head down you saw him saw you saw him not run back on defense plenty of times uh, especially when the lakers were down big um you know i think i think personally i think that's inexcusable and no matter how great lebron is as a player i don't think you can give a guy a pass for that kind of stuff but i will say though in terms of you know trying to get to the rack like what we were saying all throughout the spaces earlier today um he just couldn't i i i I tweeted it out and i even made a point to say it on spaces but if you saw every time lebron got a post touch and got anywhere close to the basket look how many suns players decided to step into the paint and make sure that they walled it. it it's the entire team it's the guy guarding lebron and then the four other players on the other side um no matter how great lebron james is i don't think he wanted to force things over three four defenders right so he's doing he's making the smart basketball play which is to kick it out to an open shooter and in this case again for the fifth game in a row the lakers cannot hit anything from outside so that's all i'm going to say about that but as far as lebron james goes tonight yeah i I think the the team obviously follows his lead they follow his cues without anthony davis Mm -hmm. out there all eyes are on lebron once your leader decides to say i think this game's over it's a wrap everyone else is obviously going to follow so you know that that was probably the most that was all I'll say about LeBron James tonight, it was not a great look. Um, I think he knew this game was in was under wraps or was uh, was a wrap early. Um, I don't blame him, but at the same time, you need to go out there and compete. You need to at least show some positive, you know, momentum going into Game Six. But now we have a lot more questions than answers. Absolutely, absolutely, and I and I agree. Look, you know, LeBron, maybe he was just being realistic when he realized this thing was done. But still, it's not what you want to see out of your out of your team leader. You don't want to see that kind of that that right. give up attitude right you don't like seeing that um and, and as far as walling off the paint yes the suns were absolutely doing that the lakers finish off the night shooting 34 percent from three but i believe a lot of those makes came late when it was already garbage time garbage time. yeah and so that yeah. that kind of artificially increased their percentage like when it was when the game was close they were not hitting anything and and this is where i think really things started to crumble for the lakers lebron got into the paint kicked out to an open shooter there was an open uh kuzma play where Kuzma didn't pull the trigger and tried to pass to KCP. Then KCP put the ball on the floor and shot clock violation. Another possession, LeBron kicked out to Dennis Schroeder. He didn't want to shoot the ball. And then the Suns went, oh, we got him. Because the Suns were already packing the paint. And if you're not going to shoot the open threes that the Suns are giving you, that are saying, here, beat us with this if you can, that's it. Right, that's it. If you're not willing to take those shots with confidence, and I guess that's that was certainly a surprise here. We've been saying all along regression to the mean. At some point, you know, the Lakers are going to shoot better. The Lakers looked like, especially early, the other guys did not want to shoot. 
the other guys, oh, yeah. the non-LeBron guys, did not want to shoot the basketball. They were hesitant, and they looked like they wanted that ball to be anywhere else but in their hands. And that was something that felt like as soon as that happened, that's when the tide of the game completely switched, and it was no longer a contest. Yeah, that was honestly... I think the most frustrating part about tonight's loss wasn't that they were missing shots, it's that they weren't even taking them. And it kills an offensive possession because, you know, I I get whole wanting to swing Mm -hmm. the ball, swing the ball until you get the best shot possible. But in this case, the Suns are giving you good shots off the bat. You you have to take those and keep defenses honest because, again, what you saw was what you outlined was LeBron swings the ball out, shooter hesitates, passes the ball. Now we're deep late in the shot clock, and now we have to force up something or it's a 24 shot clock violation. That happened so many times in the first half, and it was frustrating to watch, and that was why the Lakers only scored 10 points in the second quarter, really. So, you know, if you're if you're scared to shoot... And then this goes back to the point earlier we made about Frank Vogel just throwing in guys and seeing what's stuck. Because if, if the guys he was putting in there that were part of his regular rotation aren't going to take shots, he has no choice but to put someone in that will actually do that. Um, obviously, it didn't work. I, this game felt over by the middle of the second yeah, quarter, really to be did. quite honest with you. Like, there was no fight, no energy. Guys were hesitant, too passive, etc. Like, all, all the things that, you know, we don't want to see out of the Lakers happen tonight. And so... Uh, there really is no way to put it. They just they they have to be confident. They have to step into those shots, no matter if they're going in or not. You you need to just take shots within the flow of your offense. I say that a lot because again, you 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 work through your actions, you work through yeah. your emotions in your offense to get shots. Um, it's pointless if you're not going to take those. And then now you're throwing the ball to LeBron to bail you out with some sort of like late clock jumper, and those are not efficient shots at all. So. Um, at the end of the day, in Game Six, they have to know that those looks are going to be there. There's there's plenty of it on film. Trust me, yes. there's a lot of instances on film for them to look at and say, "Hey, look, you were supposed to shoot this." Um, if they don't do that, if they don't do that in Game Six, then yeah, I I, I think this series is. Done. I think you know, the if they try to go back and watch the film from this game, like the film from this game is probably cursed, right? I mean that that's how that's how bad this was. Like there there's probably some sort of a crazy curse, like some creepy girl is going to crawl out of the screen or something or something like that because this was that is a ring yes, reference it is. yes there it is there it is um look when i'm when i'm looking at the stat the stat sheet for this game and you see how many guys just just didn't hit shots just missed um it's got to be a concern moving forward right how can you get these guys actually shooting the ball and shooting it with confidence before the next game that's going to be a tall order certainly for the Lakers because they've got to be able to rely on guys to pull the trigger and uh and in this one they simply weren't um I mean look give credit to Taylor Horton Tucker I guess right THT said you know what if I'm gonna get minutes I'm gonna go all out 11 boards for THT in 16 minutes and 11 points he put up a double double in 16 minutes Said, you know what? I haven't gotten off the bench recently. I don't care what the score is. I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity. Credit to him, right, for going out there and and playing with with some heart. Certainly more than what we saw out of some of the other guys. Yeah, um, I think it's pretty bad if we're just congratulating THT in a 30 point absolutely, absolutely. Hey, I just noticed Jared Dudley got four minutes of run. That's good. We like that. Um, Eleven minutes for Alfonso McKinney. We like that. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at the box score because honestly, I I did not check this thing after get after the third quarter, so I'm just kind of going mm-hmm. through it now. Um, wow, yeah, this is um this is pleasant. This is uh, if you need a laugh, guys, just look at this tonight. 
you know, getting ready for bed, you know, getting ready for tomorrow. I want to start off tomorrow with a, with a laugh. You know, you can just look at this box score because, man, this is hilarious. Oh, yeah. man. What a, what a dumpster it fire. It really was. Uh, going back to the shooting thing, let's talk about this because uh, – oh, Brandon Kim from YouTube with a super chat. So, Trevor, at least one good thing from today is that Caruso is likely to re-sign with us this offseason – I, mean, I think that was always the case. He's, he would probably re-sign with the Lakers. Young Elder said LeBron was way too passive to start the game and set the tone. Uh, I mean, look, Le- LeBron was trying to get some other guys going. You saw him look for his own offense a little bit, but he kind of realized, look, I need everybody else scoring too. And that just never really happened. Uh, Frank Vogel's mantra has been, and going back to last season, we turned down a good shot to find a great shot. That's been his mantra. Right. And there were a few times this season where that became an issue. Right Where the problem was, you had guys out, you had too many rotations that were just bad, right? Too many, too many situations where guys weren't that familiar playing with each other. The chemistry wasn't there. And so because of that, that great shot was never coming. And the Lakers were running up against the shot clock. And at that point, you had to make the adjustment and say, we can't turn down the good look anymore. Because the great look is not coming before the 24-second shot clock expires, especially the better defensive teams, because the Lakers' offense simply hasn't been crisp. And the Phoenix Suns are definitely one of the better defensive teams. So the Lakers' mindset cannot be that Frank Vogel mantra of turn down the good shot to find the great one. The great shot is probably not coming. It has to be take the good shot and don't turn, don't turn that down and shoot it with some confidence. Know that you can knock down that good shot. That mentally might be a big shift compared to what they've been preaching all season, but it's one that has to happen if game six is going to be attainable in terms of, of winning that game. Um, yeah, I think so. And one thing that I, I wish the Lakers could have done or had an opportunity to do was to push the pace and run yes. out on misses, which is what the Suns have been doing this entire series, right? But the Suns um, didn't if miss. you want to avoid a... <laughs> Yeah, and that's, that's exactly what I was just going to say, is that in order to do that, you have to force misses. And letting giving up 115 points is not going to cut it. But let's just say for game six sake, um, let's say the Lakers, you know, get stops. I would like to see them push the ball in transition more, particularly Dennis mm-hmm. and LeBron. I would like to see them crash boards and try to get a head start on that and get into semi-transition at least. Um, at least that way, you, you know, you force Phoenix into some mismatches. You're not facing a crowded paint. Uh, you know, you could probably get to the line a little bit more and draw fouls that way. Um, I, I think the Lakers just can't make this a half-court game against the Suns because they're shooting so bad in half-court situations right now that I think they just need to get something going where they're downhill more. Um, and early offense is the way to do that. So hopefully we see that in Game 6 if they can actually get stops this time. Uh, I do want to get to the Super Chat questions of what do we need to do defensively with no rim protector that comes from Benjamin on YouTube. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's correct. And the funny thing is, that's actually the Suns' mindset as well. They're thinking the same oh, thing. Yeah. We don't want to play against the Lakers' half-court defense. Let's get out and run. And the Lakers have to have that mindset too. So you've got two, two teams that basically want to do the same thing or need to do the same thing. The difference, though, is the Suns' half-court offense just carved up the Lakers today. And the Lakers' half-court offense has not done that yet to the Suns. So that was obviously a big a big difference in this one. The Suns got whatever they wanted in the half court time and time again, and just hit shot after shot after shot and couldn't miss. So, uh, but yeah, look, if the Lakers can get out and run, then obviously that would certainly help. Uh, The question though, about the, uh, about not having a rim protector. I mean, that's Drummond. That's Gasol. That's those two guys in there. Uh, the challenge was that those guys can get put in pick and roll and can get exploited there. And the Suns have the guards to do that with Chris Paul and, and campaign who once again, just 
doesn't miss apparently now. Uh, and then, and then of course, Devin Booker, who again, you can't look at without it being a foul. By the way, when this game was close, the officiating was, was not good in terms of what the, in terms of what the Lakers wanted to see a game being more physical. It definitely was not that we saw Devin Booker once again, getting those touch fouls. Now it did not matter at all, right? This was not a factor in the outcome of the game, but that's not the officiating style that you want to see in a closer game if you are the Lakers. So just something to keep an eye on there. But what are your thoughts on the Lakers defensively as far as protecting the rim goes? Like, what do you, what do, you do from here? Pray. <laughs> um, pray, pray Anthony Davis is healthy for yeah. game six. Um, no. Um, geez, what, what do I do? See, if I'm stumped, I can't imagine how Frank Vogel feels right now. Um, just because Drummond and Trez and Gasol are not your traditional shot-blocking fives. I know you might want to make an argument for Drummond, but he is very much not that. He is very late on on backline rotations quite a bit. I don't know if you saw that in the first quarter, in particular with Devin Booker getting runners after runner after runner. Um, I, I honestly, my, my suggestion would have been to have the Lakers switch more and downsize, but then the issue becomes DeAndre Aiden. And again, he's playing so many minutes that it's hard to match. It's hard to go small against the Suns, like smaller, uh, just because then DeAndre Aiden's going to carve you up for offensive rebounds and putbacks and, you know, shots at the rim, right? Um, man, it, it's a tough question for sure, just because I think the Lakers don't really have a good answer unless they have Anthony Davis back there. So um, again, I try harder pray like i said um whatever sacrifices you can make to a basketball god tonight i would probably do that <laughs> um yeah uh but yeah i don't even really think it's the rim protection in general i really just think it's the lakers don't have an answer for the sun's guards in particular devin booker chris paul who by the way we should probably talk about in yes, a little bit about yes. his injury we definitely need to get um, and cameron Payne. so yeah um i guess this kind of segues naturally into game six because if, if chris paul can't go because Either he gave us an Oscar-worthy performance or he really is hurt. Um, if, if Chris Paul can't go for game six, I, I think defensively the Lakers will obviously have a little bit of an easier time. Um, but what do, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, let, let's talk about that. Let's let, First, let's get into the Chris Paul injury, right? Let's, let's talk about that injury, okay? Air quotes. <laughs> so first and foremost, it was a weird play. And when Chris Paul hits the ground and he grabs his shoulder, my stomach dropped. Because as much as, as frustrated as I am with the Suns for kind of celebrating Anthony Davis's injury, which again, I'm, I, I hated, I don't want to see Chris Paul hurt. I don't want to see any, any of these guys hurt, right? You don't, you don't want to see that happen, whether they're an opponent or not. And he hits the ground, and it was hard to tell. I wasn't watching the play in the paint at first. He hits the ground, and then after sitting down for maybe it was 10 seconds, I don't, I don't know how long, but it was like, as he was sitting, whatever was hurting started hurting worse and worse and worse, like like getting really bad. And he's grabbing his shoulder and he starts pointing and yelling at Wes Matthews as though Wes Matthews did something, right? Like something really wrong happened, right? Some sort of cheap shot. Wes Matthews targeted the injured body part on Chris Paul, something like that, right? If it was WWE, he went and hit him with a steel chair. But then you go back and you look at the play, and it was just a normal box out. Right. And then Chris Paul seemed to be okay. He shot the free throws with that hand. And he didn't come back into the game after the free throws. I can't figure out what that is. And I've got a lot of Lakers fans who have been saying it's acting, that he's that he's faking it. But the, to gain what? 
what how what do you gain by pretending to be grievously wounded right in, in that sort of situation narrative just narrative <laughs> just just because of the because he was getting that right he was getting the pump up like chris paul look how tough he is for playing through this injury Coach, you know, the whole storyline coming out of game four was Monty Williams wanted to bench Chris Paul. He said, no, I'm playing, and then helped lead the Sun to, Suns to a glorious victory. That was the narrative. So is that it? Like, is that would that be enough for him to pretend to be more hurt? Or is this something... I've never seen an injury like this before, I guess, is, is what I'm getting at. Matt, what, what can we take away from this? Oh, man. Uh, well, first off, it was not a dirty play. No. If there's any Suns fans in here for whatever reason, that's not a dirty play, man. Get over it. It was a box out. It was a run-of-the-mill box out play. Chris Paul got hurt. It was unfortunate to see. I even said it to you. You don't want to see that ever happen to a player. Um, it looked like he was in serious pain. Um, and, you know, he came back, shot the free throws. He did. I don't know if you noticed on the broadcast, but it looked like he had tears in his eyes. So I was thinking, oh, okay, this yeah, looks serious. Exactly. Maybe he knows. Maybe he knows that this is more serious and that he's going to go out and gut these free throws and then come out the game, which he did. Um, and, you know, I, I think the tears in his eyes might have been frustration. It might have been pain. It might have been because he knows his series is done. We don't know yet. But I will say, though, that, you know, again, I, I think he's hurt. I, I genuinely think he's hurt. I, I don't think you take a bump like that and then go through all of that if you weren't at least somewhat right. hurt. I, at least I would like to think so. So I, I think he's hurt. But do I think he over-exaggerated a little bit and built up his narrative in his favor? I also think that's in play here, especially because he was home playing up to the crowd sure. saying, hey, guys, I'm hurt, but I'm going to hit these free throws. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to motivate the team. And then, you know, we're going to come away with this win, right? Um, so, you know, I think that was at play here. But I do think he's hurt. I'm, I'm interested to see what they rule, what they say about this after the game, whether or not he'll be able to play game six or if they're going to rule him out right. or, you know, whatever. I, I, I am really interested in seeing how they handle this because, I mean, to be honest with you, he hit the free throws and I thought his shoulder looked just fine. Um, but that's just me. I, I think his form was a little altered. But I, I think for the most part, if it was that bad and he could still shoot, I, I don't think it's quite as serious. Again, not a doctor, don't know. But um, I thought it was interesting that he was still able to hit the free throws in that, in that moment. So... I, I honestly don't know what to make out of it either other than I think he's hurt, but I don't know if it's necessarily worthy of that performance that he gave us. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think is maybe it's some sort of a nerve thing, something like that, which that can be painful, right? There, there's no question. That, oh, that sure. Can, that can absolutely yeah. hurt. Um, but it, it was just, it was a weird situation because again, I, I see the Lakers fans that are chiming in on Twitter, on social media, right? Saying he's an actor, he's faking. It's not soccer though. So, I mean, aside from narrative, aside from, oh, look, Chris Paul played, but he didn't play through it. He didn't play through the injury. He didn't get his Paul Pierce pooped his pants moment or anything like that, right? He, 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 didn't, Sorry. he didn't get that. He came out of the game. It's not soccer where, hey, if you, if you pretend like you're really, really hurt, maybe you can get the referee to pull a yellow card. And then that guy's got to play the game differently the rest of the game because he's worried about getting thrown out for a second yellow. Like, there's some strategy to it. And by the way, I hate that part of soccer, and I'm a soccer fan, and I hate that part of it, so don't don't get me wrong, but I'm saying there's an element of strategy to it. I don't think there would be enough of a benefit for Chris Paul to fake it to that degree anyway. Um, so I, I would assume that he was really hurt. What his status is for Game 6, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, did this set him back? Again, I hope not. I hope that he's he's okay and he's 100%. And, you know, we don't want to see anybody get hurt out there. But it was just a weird play that left a lot of 
questions unanswered. Yeah, really odd situation. I, I saw some people saying that, you know, it doesn't bode well for Chris Paul if it was a if a run of the mill box out like that would cause that yeah. much pain in his shoulder or neck area. So you know I think that'll be something to monitor. But you know I I hope he plays Game Six because again I, I would want the Lakers to earn this one the right way yes. or the fair way. Um, I don't want to hear any talk or any you know narrative about oh the Lakers only win when Chris Paul's hurt or hobbled. Like I I would want the Lakers to come out and win you know with against the full healthy Suns team personally. Um, let's talk about Anthony Davis in Game Six. So our own Ryan Ward just tweeted out that LeBron said his mindset concerning AD for game six is not, is he's not going to be able to play game six. And if something changes, we go from there. So LeBron is looking at this as AD is not playing. Right. So that, that's it. Right. Anthony Davis is probably not playing game six. And again, that, that wouldn't be a surprise. You saw him out there trying to, uh, go through warmups and just a simple sidestep was causing him to grimace. Like not, not talking about with any kind of like authority or anything like that. Just a simple, like half speed, just stepping to one side hurt. I would be surprised if he's able to play game six, but does this put pressure on Anthony Davis to go out there and play, even if it's on one leg, because now game six is do or die. Um, so I guess the other way I would have interpreted that LeBron quote is he's not counting on Anthony Davis to play, not necessarily ruling him out. So I, I think LeBron is just saying, hey, I'm not going to say I'm not going to pretend or I'm not going to assume that Anthony Davis is playing. I'm going to approach that game as if he's not. And then that way, you know, if Anthony Davis does play, that's a lot easier to adjust to or get ready for versus the other way around. So I would look at it that way. But in terms of pressure, I do think AD feels some sort of pressure to go out there and play. Um, I, I think if he was really, you know, seriously hurt, they would have just ruled him out. Um right away versus you know making him a game time decision which you know could have been gamesmanship from frank vogel as well we don't know Um, but yeah no i i think so too but you know maybe if it was serious if it was seriously bad they would have just ruled him out right um so i I guess for me heading into game six i feel like ad is going to feel pressure to play i think that's natural given he's a leader on the team he's one of the other he's the other superstar partner for lebron um if he's going to play is a really good question because I, I genuinely don't know at this point. I, I feel like he'll probably try to give it a go and I wouldn't be so here here's my prediction. I wouldn't be surprised if A D tries to give it a go give it a go and then they have to pull him because he's just not right. That that would probably be my guess. That's that's a, I think a pretty accurate prediction. That or he just doesn't play at all because I don't think there's a chance that he'll be anywhere near as effective if he does oh, no. if he does play. A uh, good quote here from LeBron says According to our Lakers Nation account, says Thursday is literally winner go home. So shoot all the bullets you've got and throw the gun too. I, I love that's a great comment. That's a great quote. And and like I hope he heard that or I hope he said that loud too. enough for all of his teammates to hear. Like shoot the ball, right? That's that's the, the euphemism. The 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 metaphor no. is not lost on LeBron or us. I think shoot the ball yeah. and then Kyle Kuzma. Uh, says that the Lakers missed Anthony Davis defensively because Utah was, or Utah Phoenix was just walking to the rim. Accurate. Kuzma also said that they were getting disrespected out there and that should fuel the Lakers to come out ready for game six. He said, we just yeah. got to strap this stuff up. Only he didn't say stuff. We got to play. Ah. I, I mean, look, if the Suns celebrating at Staples Center after AD got hurt, wasn't enough to get them fired up is what happened tonight going to fire them up and get them focused for game six. I don't, I hope it does. I hope it does, but 
I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, after game three, the Suns said they felt like they got disrespected. Lo and behold, they came out in game four and absolutely took care of business. I would hope that getting blown out by 30 tonight does the same thing for the Lakers. Um, that's what I was saying. You know, the, the, the optimistic point of view for this is that playoffs are very much a game by game basis. So, you know, you could take a 30 point blowout in a series and still come out of it and win it. Uh, that's totally within the realm of possibilities, right? So uh, if the Lakers, you know, take this to heart, you know, come out a lot better in game six, uh, they do the things that they're supposed to, uh, i.e. shoot. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think things will turn out better for them. I can't guarantee a win or anything, but I definitely think they won't get blown out by 30 if they're doing the things that we think they should be doing. Well, so yeah. we'll just have to cross our fingers and see. Um, if there's ever a time for positive regression to the mean, Trevor, it would be game six. <laughs> Please. Let's please finally have that regression to the mean game. Frank Vogel said, our shooters got to figure it out. <laughs> this, this is it. That's what we've been saying most of the season. At some point, they got to figure it out and start making some shots. They've got one chance, one more opportunity. Game six coming up on Thursday. If they, if you got to, you got to shoot your shots, right? Uh, like LeBron said, all fire all your bullets, throw, throw your the gun too. too. And uh, see if you can get enough of them to go in. Oh, good Lord, man. I, the Lakers are going to need just a, an artillery and some more to throw at the Suns at this point. But yes, um, I don't know, man. That vocal quote just sounds very much like a no no stuff, safe, safe, for, safe for work yes. term uh, for, for that. You know what I mean? It's just like, yes, the Lakers shooters have to figure it out. It's just like they've been trying to figure it out for five games now. I just don't know what you can do differently. Like the looks they're getting are great. It's just a matter of hitting them. And it's reductive analysis, like I keep saying, but it's true. I, I mean, yeah, right? <laughs> Make your shots. <laughs> Shrug. Like, I don't Shoot know. <laughs> Hashtag analysis. Hashtag analysis. You'll score more points if you shoot the ball more. I mean, Hashtag math. I mean, but it really is... Like, there's obviously a lot more intricacies we could break down to the game, but it really is that simple in terms of the offensive end, right? This defense is a different story, but offensive end of the floor for the Lakers, the Suns are packing the paint, making it hard to drive, and they're saying, beat us with your shooting. Beat us with your outside shooting. And so far, the Lakers had said, eh, no thanks. Right? No thanks. <laughs> now, the, the Blazers did this. The Blazers last year in round one did this to the Lakers. The same thing. Most teams do this to the Lakers. They pack the paint, and they say beat us with your outside shooting. And for the most part, the Lakers have been able to over the long haul. This time around, that has not been the case. Guys have not been hitting their shots. And again, the worrying part today was not only were they not hitting their shots, but they did not look like they wanted to shoot those shots. That obviously has got to change really quick. Otherwise, Thursday will probably be it. Uh, our very own Daniel Starkan tweeted uh -huh. this out, and he was saying that um, he doesn't want to see any more photoshops of Steph Curry in a Lakers jersey because he thinks that even if Steph were on the Lakers, his shooting percentage would also dip. <laughs> what, what, what do you think about that, Trevor? Because honestly, I think it's weird. It makes me want to just dig back into the stats and see how many guys who were considered good shooters coming to the Lakers saw their percentage go down because it feels like all of them, right? It feels like all of them could not shoot when they were with the Lakers, even Svi Mikhailuk, who is some one of the best shooting forms ever. Like Svi is amazing. I love Svi, and he son. didn't shoot very well Spie. when he was a Laker. And then he goes to the Pistons, and he was one of the better three point shooters in the NBA. Like it's Wayne it's Ellington. something. Yeah, Wayne Ellington. It's weird. I don't know what the deal is, but for whatever reason, 
The Lakers can win championships, but shooting the ball is something they haven't been able to do much of. I don't know what basketball god they need to sacrifice to at this point, but I, I will say this, um, just, you know, preemptive, yeah. you know, panic comment, but um, if the Lakers do get bounced in the first round, I, I wanted to make this point earlier when we were talking about it, and I just completely forgot, but um, if the Lakers get bounced out in the first round and everyone is going to clamor and, you know, rightfully so they're going to clamor for the team to tear it down and rebuild yeah. and you know trade ad trade all these pieces etc can i just remind everyone that the lakers are only seven months removed from a championship um man i say this almost every post game show but we must be the most spoiled fan base on planet earth because i can't imagine a team winning a championship and then the following year saying we got to trade everything and start fresh again um that's kind of where i'm at on that so preemptively on game, if we lose game six and we're out of the first round i am not going to say blow up the whole team but i will say that just remember that we are not very far removed from celebrating yeah title. you're not gonna blow you're not gonna literally you know blow up the whole team and not literally blow up obviously but you're not gonna you're not gonna get rid of everybody but there's gonna be big changes i think that's gonna happen i well, think that's gonna to even if the lakers turn things around everything is perfect from here on out they shoot threes the way they did start the season when they were the third best three-point shooting team in the nba for the first like month let's say Good let's times. say starting thursday they go back to being that team and they get through the Suns, and they get to round two, and Anthony Davis heals up, and everything's perfect from here on out. There's still going to be oh, big changes sorry. in the offseason, just because contractually there's going to be. Uh, I think there's All going right. to be changes no matter what. I do think there's going to be a little bit more aggression from the Lakers, specifically to add shooters, uh, if things do continue to fall apart. But, uh, yeah, there's going to be changes no matter what happens. Uh, Benjamin from YouTube says, Prediction for Game 6. I don't want to make a prediction. My prediction, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Clubber Lang. My prediction I love Rocky. My prediction's Three. pain. That's that's my prediction. <laughs> one way or another. One way or another, there's going to be pain. And yes, Cameron Payne is, is going to play. But uh but one way or another, I think the Lakers are either gonna come out and they're gonna take it to the Suns, or it's going to be very apparent that the Lakers have done a you know, their huddle was one, two, three Cancun, and they they decided they they were done. Um, I think we're going to find out pretty quick which way this is going to go in game six. But one way or another, I think it's going to be pain. Whether it's, is, are the Suns going to feel it? Are the Lakers? That we don't know yet. Is it controversial to say that Rocky Three is the best Rocky movie? I mean, I think the most will point to like, you know, the first one as being the one that really starts it all off. But I do like Rocky Three. I think it's a, it's a pretty solid one. Sorry, I just need something positive to talk about because I don't want to think about Game Six quite yet. I'm, I, I don't know. We were so optimistic earlier this afternoon that the Lakers could get a win, uh, and that blew up right in our faces. Um, so I, I think I'm just done making predictions of any sort. <laughs> I, I think the Lakers will play better than tonight. I I would like to think so. It's hard to lose by more than 30 consecutive games, and especially in a playoff series. Um, so I think they'll play better Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, it's going to be pain. Um, I I think, yes, it'll be stressful. Because here, I'll say this. If the Lakers pull out a win on Thursday, it's not going to be an easy one. It'll it'll be very stressful. Uh, there's no way, I think, currently you can imagine the Lakers blowing out this Suns team. So it's going to be painful because it'll be, it'll be a back-and-forth game if the Lakers yeah. win. But if they lose, I don't think it's going to be particularly close. Um, especially if we're expecting Anthony Davis to be limited or not play at all. So... Yes, I, I think pain, stress, tears um, are going to be involved on Thursday one way or, or another. And then the fun part of all of this, Trevor, mm-hmm. is that if they happen to win on 
Thursday. We have to do this again on Saturday. Yes. I don't know if my heart can take it at that point. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? If they're playing, I, I will be happy if they're playing Saturday because that, that I gives them a shot to continue playing and, and move on. So, yeah. But, yes, it is It is certainly – it's it's not fun seeing the things that we've seen from them in the last couple of games. And, unfortunately, this was right when it felt like the Lakers had this series in control. And then AD got hurt and everything changed. Yeah, it's really a matter of do you think the Lakers can win two games in a row? Uh, I, If I was a betting guy, and I'm being honest right now, I, I don't think I would, given this, the health of everyone and what tonight looked like. But – uh, if I have to pick a team to do it with, I, I might as well pick the Lakers. So that's where I'm I mean, at. Let me, let me say this, Matt. AD, that play he drove to the basket, he was clearly not himself. He wasn't himself. Sure. That play last game, he drives to the basket, comes down, catches his foot on, on a Suns player, and it was enough to strain his groin. In the reality that's out there, where AD's foot does not make contact with that Suns, Suns player. I think even though the Lakers were down four at halftime, and even though AD was not himself, I think the Lakers win that game. I think I think I the think reason so. why they did not win is because they were so shell-shocked by losing Anthony Davis, and they were just, they they looked like they didn't know what to do in that, that third quarter. Then they started to turn on a little bit in the fourth. I think they win that game. So I think we're looking at a 3-2 game, so, uh, Lakers up. Uh, or I'm sorry, 3-1, Lakers up going into tonight's game. So even if the Suns won this one tonight, which I think the Suns' mentality would have been a lot different had they lost game four, I'd be feeling pretty good right now. If Anthony, if it, Lakers had a 3-2 lead going into game six at home and they had AD, I think that moment sure. really changed everything and changed who was in control of the series. It changed the tenor of the series completely, I think. Um, I think even if the Lakers were able to pull out the game that we're talking about in game four and AD was hurt and didn't play game five, I would still feel pretty nervous about the Lakers chances just given the fact what because it, it's no it's no coincidence that the two games the Lakers have won this series have come when Anthony Davis was at, was Anthony Davis. Um, and now we're seeing what the team looks like without him against the Suns team that is obviously very confident, not afraid of the Lakers at all and has all the momentum. So that that's why I'm nervous because it, it depends. It's really going to depend on Game Six. Obviously, if the Lakers win, that would be great. But then you know, I, I think this series lives and dies with AD's health. Yeah, which is and unfortunately, he is currently not healthy. All right. Oh, somebody said Colin Poe from Facebook said I just can't have a Phoenix Clippers Western Conference Finals. Really, you wouldn't want to see Chris Paul charging the underground tunnel. <laughs> that's right. He knows where all those are. Um, if it was Phoenix Clippers Western Conference Finals, I, I'm throwing my support behind the Suns, right? I am. Too. I mean, even in this, and don't get me wrong, like I haven't liked some of the antics of the Suns in this one, but to me, that is by far the lesser of two evils, right? You know what's funny though is I'm not even sure I would pick the Clippers against Utah right now. Anyway. Like to, I'm, I'm oh, still... to to beat them? That would be the next round, wouldn't it? Four, five, right. one, eight. Yeah. So. I don't know. Um, I think, but no. Okay, let's let's back to the question though. Hypothetically speaking, um, I would I would throw it at the Suns. They're the they're the young upstart mm-hmm. team with the young star Devin Booker, Chris Paul. You you feel for one of the veterans that you would want to see get a ring ring before he retires, yeah. right? Um, sticking it to the Clippers is always fun for me, also. So um, I I think and oh the Suns would have home court advantage in that series too, huh? Ooh. Yep. Yeah. No, I think that would be uh, fun. 
I, I would like to. I would like to see the Suns over that. Yeah. Colin Poe fires back. I live in Phoenix. I hate these guys. I'll say that's not the term that he used, but um, and Colin Poe said, "I live in Phoenix." Well, yeah. I mean, I spent a long time living in in Phoenix as well and dealing with some of that. Right, dealing with uh, Suns fans again. That's how I know how badly the Suns and Suns fans hate the Lakers. Um, and they would ask, wait, he's a, he's a Lakers fan living in, right. in which Phoenix? there's a lot, there's a lot of, of ah, Lakers fans, in, oh, in Phoenix, it. right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Lakers fans everywhere, but there's a lot of Lakers fans that are in Phoenix. But, um, but yes, the, the Suns fans like absolutely hate the Lakers, right? Because the Lakers beat them sure. up for years and all that. And they see them as this big rival and the Lakers fans are like, what, you know, what rivalry are you talking about? Um, it isn't really one, but, um, but so I understand that. I understand that it's during these times I was even in Phoenix, when it was the Steve Nash days and Nash and the Suns knocked the Lakers out. I was around, Twice. I was in Phoenix for, for that when uh, I think they went to game seven for that one. Didn't they win? Uh, Kobe. Yeah. When Kobe was able to hit that jumper uh, at the buzzer, actually the, the dual buzzer beaters in that game. And it looked like they were going to win it. And then who was it? Like Tim Thomas or Tim Thomas, somebody like that. Yeah. Hit the, hit the three. Trevor, come on, man. I hate reliving this. That, I was a 12 year old boy. I remember exactly where I was. That broke my I'm heart. just saying, I was. I remember all of that, right? Like, I oh, remember all that stuff going down. I and Suns fans and the way they responded to it. So I understand frustration towards them. But still, that doesn't compare to the Clippers or what they've done in Los Angeles. <laughs> the last super chat we're going to do here. Schroeder had how many points? And he wants to get paid how much? Yeah, it was, it was not. Uh, for, for anyone in the chat that's, that's, that's keeping track of the box score, me... Me, Trevor, and the rest of our chat scored as many points as Dennis did combined tonight. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Oh, okay, folks. Well, appreciate all of you for joining us. Hopefully, you were able to vent a little bit and get a little bit of this off your chest. If you, I know we didn't make it like officially official, but the master lock of the night, of course, did go to Dennis Schroeder. Um, yeah. There... No, no, no. Mine's still Jay Crowder. Sorry. Yours is still Jay still Crowder. Still. I... I, I can't stand the guy, man. Like, <laughs> when they're winning, I hate him. When they're losing, he's annoying. Like, no, realistically, it's Dennis Schroeder. It is, okay. it is. It's just, I, I, I don't, Dennis, here, Jay Crowder is my honorable, Honor, honorable the mention. Uh, there was no next yeah. man up because no one stepped up. Uh, yeah, hopefully that's something that changes. Uh, we already lost. Oh, something, hopefully that's something that changes Next game, it's do or die. Win or you're done. That's the situation the Lakers are now in for game six on Thursday. Obviously, that is now the biggest game of the season. And we will see which Lakers team shows up for that one. Yeah, Yeah, I will just say that if the Lakers lose game six, at least they won't have to go home. They'll already be home. So that's good. I guess. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah, just crack jokes. Just Get through crack the night. Jokes. That's how I'm doing this. I'm just trying to crack jokes. I I've been through 2014 to 2018 Lakers teams. This this hurts a little differently, but I've been through worse. I think I'll get through it. Empty all the bullets in the chamber and throw the gun. Throw the gun. That's what I want to see on Thursday. That's what I want to see. All right, and then pick up the guns and throw yeah, the why not? If you have to. Why not? Oh God. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Hopefully Thursday will be a better day. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see you.